Previously on AFTN. You were just sour because you had to actually pay attention to the game and you couldn't have just listened to it. I'm deaf from the first one. <laughs> oh, yeah. With a Japanese guy. <laughs> I, I agree with you there. Waking Caitlin hey, up by co- going, <laughs> Coach is going to coach, man. Yeah. You got to be prepared. A few people were calling for you to commentate. Huh? Yes. <laughs> if we hadn't given our mics away to the, the preview show, we could have done that. What? Oh, the, yeah, it's, yeah, on, Joe, it's on loan. Yeah, Joe with an option and to the, buy. and the crew. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they've got enough Tam. go it's another episode of the AFTN soccer show there's still time on CITR radio 101.9 FM broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia I'm Michael McCall I'm Steve Pander and we will be joined by the late Zachary Adam Meisenheimer he's on his way here we've moved the show up this week he wasn't able to get here for the start he'll be here probably for for part two and if you listen to this show on the podcast, this is episode 323. Hi, there's somebody at the door. Oh, there's somebody at the door. Come on, there's somebody at the door. Oh, there's somebody at the door. It's the bastard son of me, Joe Deasy. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, we're bringing in special guests. Back from my two-month suspension for diving on the last podcast that we did. That was absolutely brutal yeah yeah i should have waited for until someone was around me to go down true my face true i i, I don't know I'm, I'm all for folk going down on a sunday night <laughs> always good fun who knows maybe we'll have somebody else at the door later on in the show for anyone that's my age that grew up in the uk or 10 years younger even they might know that music as being from a, a children's tv show involving a man called rod hull <laughs> he had a an emu puppet on his arm yeah, blank, blank. <laughs> no, I don't ever watch it, yeah. but uh, but I, uh, he's okay now, right? There no. were no cases against him. Oh, no, no. Yeah, he's fine? Okay. Well, he probably died before that. Was, was the emu speaking in that clip, or was the, were those kids in the That audience? was kids. Okay. He, 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 it was high-pitched, so you never know. True, yeah. true. Bizarrely, that's not going to be the only reference to, <laughs> to Rod Hull in this sh- show. Um, I'll explain more about him when, when we get to that. But i tell you who else is knocking on the door. It's only Freddie F. and Montero knocking on the door of Sporting CP, mm-hmm. saying, Please let me go back to <laughs> Vancouver. I want to open my coffee shop. <laughs> I'm not good with the Spanish accents no. or Colombian accents. He that was Spanish? 
<laughs> he does have a high pitched fire pitched voice than you think when you look at him. I remember looking at yeah. him in interviews. He does have that kind of. He's good yeah. to talk to. Though. I'm looking forward to, to catching up with again. Mm-hmm. Yes, the coffee shop entrepreneur, hoping to add some beans to the white cap attack, yeah. roast some defenses along the way. <laughs> Could be a grind of a season, especially early on. So we, mm-hmm. we want to get him percolating the white caps early. And if pre season results are anything to go by, we're going to need him pretty darn quick to get in that starting lineup. But Ho- hopefully he has a lot of double doubles. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Four goals again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd take that. I think currently we're at one so far this preseason. Yeah. Yeah. It's scored by a centre, but well, been, been a midfielder s- playing in centre back. Definitely a slow, slow grind there. Yeah. Montero though returns after a season away. We talked about it a bit last week when it was pretty certain he was coming back. He he had his best ever MLS season in 2017 when he was with us. Uh, forget all those Sounders nonsense days. 15 goals and 6 assists across all competitions in 39 appearances. In a system that didn't suit him at all either. Yeah. yeah. He didn't even start all those. It's like 8 mm-hmm. of those were off the bench. I think someone said last week on last week's show that... It was a miracle that he got that many goals in Robbo's it, system. It really is, when yeah. you think about it. The amount of times you saw him having to come yeah, back and get yeah. the ball. It, it was or, really frustrating, actually, yeah. but it was the only way he would get the ball. Is yes. If he went out, I think it was to the right, he would Yeah, go he'd often go out wide, yeah. get the ball, look up. It's like, oh, there's no one there. Yep, because that's meant to be yeah. me, and I'm here. Send a cross into Christian Tuchera to head it in. Yeah. <laughs> the shortest man in the league or something. A, yeah. a, a tactic we continued last yeah. season. Yeah. Kai Kamara was sending him. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kamara pitching the ball to the back post for a little Christian Teixeira yeah. to not do anything with him. Baffling, really. It really is. We couldn't keep him for 2018 because we, we didn't have the money to keep him. Thanks to Fonzie, though, we've now got the money to keep him. And one of the really good things that I like about it is we've got him in a two-year deal. Mm-hmm. Which... Hopefully means we're not going to be going in the search for another striker again all too quickly, as we've kind of done a little bit too often. Yeah. Now, uh, when you said that, that they weren't able to keep him, I, I, I looked into, um, talked to a couple of people. It wasn't a transfer fee that was stopping it. It was actually the salary, I think, that was the yes. issue. Um, I think we offered him because, right about 700 750 Because the Chinese club did want a transfer fee but nobody was giving it so they essentially they, uh, eventually they um, they let him go for free mm-hmm. to sporting uh, as well so but the, he, he was one of those players that got caught when the Chinese government brought in the foreign player rule rule right? yeah, yeah exactly so, so they, they, had, they had they had to get him let him go yeah. Yeah. and everybody knew it so that's why nobody was offering well, the transfer fee the club fee. probably realized that they accidentally triggered Breck Shea's contract and yeah, they maybe that was for another reason. designated player um, so that could yeah have actually that probably did play a part in it yeah. I mean, he, he ended up going to Sporting in January 2018, started 18 of 37 appearances for them, so not a regular starter with them either, which yeah, but they you see what he's done here, so you think that's surprising, but yeah. Sporting have a great team. They have, exactly. They, I think around that time they signed Bastost, who's uh, he's a starting striker for the Netherlands, he's great, he's a big target man, kind of not what Freddie is, but Freddie's record there isn't too bad, played in the Europa League. and Yeah, yeah. won two League Cups, Portuguese yeah. League Cups. And if, but if they were so good, why do they keep getting attacked by their supporters? Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now that's definitely an interesting thing other to than talk Zach, about I think when we safe. catch up with him. Other than Zach, I think he's safe here. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that, that was a scary situation. A bunch of the players like tore up their contracts because yeah. they, yeah, they left yeah. But he was loyal to the club. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he did love it there. Mm-hmm. He probably is a bit sad to leave. And although he wasn't a regular starter, he, he performed. 
And he performed at what I would say is a higher level than what MLS is. Uh, without a doubt, yeah. I think. Maybe not all the teams, because there are some... Yeah, there's three big teams, yeah. and maybe three and a half big teams in Portugal. Um, it's an interesting league, actually. There's an uh, English um, uh, journalist called Andy Brassel, and he loves Portugal a lot. Um, and he like spends a lot of time... He Actually, every World Cup tournament and Euro tournament, he spends it with the Portuguese squad. He knows them all oh. very well. He's a very interesting person to look into. But he, he was saying a few weeks ago that in the Portuguese league, it's different to other leagues. Um, the big teams don't drop points, usually. Um, because all the bad teams are so bad, um, you get like these teams that are off on the islands of Portugal and things like that. So like yeah, when you play as a big Madeira club, teams. yeah, when you play when you play at a big club, you're expected to win every single game. So it's a different kind of pressure um, to to playing for an English team where you can drop points against Burnley or like you know Crystal Palace and things like that. And then when you play the big teams, then they're huge matches because that's where the league is won and lost. So a different kind of definitely a different kind of league to the MLS. And he scored nine goals for them across all competitions, and five of those came in the Europa League. So, yeah. scoring at a really high level. Yeah, I think it's a great pickup. I'm I'm really really glad to see him back. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I know there's other options you could have got. I feel it's important to have one of your main guys that is familiar with the league yeah. and has performed in the exactly. league. Exactly, mm-hmm. some familiarity, some it, although it's a one year removed, some continuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, if only he can, you know, you know, be able to use that walker and get across the pitch because he's so damn old. <laughs> yeah, he is. I mean, uh, you, there's a lot of comments out there going, "Oh, why are you bringing back him? He's old. He's 31." Yeah. I mean, how does that make you? Uh, did you forget Kai Kamara last year? Mm-hmm. He's a couple of years older and yeah. what he did. Yeah. And Montero, I don't think he's a type of player that has wear and tear. He's not jumping around too much. He's not battling with strength. He's mm. a more of a shifty kind of guy. Yeah, so he's not gonna shifting. So he's not gonna yeah. be like, you know, putting that much wear and tear on his mm. legs and knees and stuff like that Kamara would. And his attitude yeah. is has ne- was never under question no. when he was here. So that's something I think with this new playing style that needs to be brought in as well. Well yeah, I mean he was uh, he was always the model professional here. Mm-hmm. And didn't seem to get caught up in all this Labanda stuff in the locker room and yeah. things. And interesting, he's him and Jordi Reyna really is the only two remainder ones that could have been classed as being in that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, when he played under Robo, as we talked about, Robo's style certainly did not suit the kind of player he is. You have to feel with what MDS has talked about what he's wanting to do and we'll talk a little bit about we were at a chalk talk that he that he did on Wednesday as well this seems to really suit Montero down to the ground mm-hmm. yeah and uh, like to be the person who finishes off the moves when you have a high press right like so many times when he was in Vancouver or like two years ago he kind of popped up in the box and just did that finish right and um definitely going to be needed for this new system and to go back on the kind of striker that Robbo needed it you have to be it has to be such a specific kind of striker to work for that someone who gets back and you know closes down the angles but then can get up the field fast enough to hit on the counter attack as well someone who can keep up yeah. with Fonzie which didn't wasn't there yes. last season um, and I don't think Freddie would have been that guy either like speed isn't his isn't his strongest suit but also under Robbo's system you need your forwards to do a lot of defending yeah I mean, Kamara last year was phenomenal at that. The mm-hmm. amount of headers he won in the box from corners and set pieces coming in. Yeah. And then, of course, he's then so far back he can't get up the, yeah. up the field. Montero doesn't bring that same defensive game, but under De Santos, he probably won't need to. Yeah, I don't think he will with the 4-3-3, if that's what he's going with. But. I mean, it, it looks like 4-3-3 versions occasionally in a 3-5-2 from, from what you kind of indicated. 
some of it will maybe depend on the the opponent as well. Mm-hmm. But he feels he's got the personnel there to go four at the back or three at the back. Okay, a little bit terrifying with the experience we've had with three at the back yeah. under Robbo. Yeah, but this is a whole. Whole different they're more, animal now, really. They're more uh, athletic centre backs than before, and they're they can run up and down the pitch. So that's yeah. that's something you need. Yeah, but uh, like three five two scares. Like every time we hear mentioned in the same breath as Whitecaps, it scares us for good reason. Yes. We all remember the Chicago game and all that. Like that was probably the worst out of all of them. But yeah, no, um, the RSL game I thought was worse. The one in the snow. That game was boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah but I mean the snow. You can't really judge it on. No, that. no, you can't. But, but it was it didn't work yeah. out well. And we'll Did always have that gif of someone throwing a snowball at Christian yes. Dean, which mm. is fantastic. But like the Neil Henry in a three in the back terrifies yes. the life out of me. Yeah. You have to see it does. But like I think he'll get more support that way. He will, mm. but it depends what role he is on the three in the back, right? There's the, the right ball-playing guy, there's the stopper, and there's the cover, right? That's. I think he'd be on the right. Well, he'd be on the right. I don't know if that makes a difference. It, no, it does, for the roles, it probably oh, no. wouldn't. Yeah. But yeah. like, yeah. like who, the pain to up against. Who, who's like who's the ball-playing defender? We haven't seen Karimi play properly yet. We know that, oh. and we know Godoy will jump into anything. so yeah. he's yeah. probably the stopper guy. He'll right. probably get a couple of sending offs this year. I put out a poll: <laughs> who would get more red cards, Watson oh, or or. Uh, or Godoy and Watson actually won the poll. Oh, I think, I think yeah, Watson probably. Well, everybody knows him. Yeah. We should yeah. track that through the season. Yeah, though. that's a nice be an graph interesting coming one. out every week because it's probably going to be in that race of <laughs> how many red <laughs> cards per week. <laughs> now, Montero's coming into a squad where there's only three strikers, and one of them is Theo Beer, mm-hmm. and you've got Ardes coming in, relatively unknown to us and the league, but obviously has performed well at, at youth level and and over in Europe and stuff, but how much pressure do you feel is on Montero? He's obviously the starting striker. Yeah. He's Robbo rested him every now and again, but folk know what he did in 2017. They're going to expect him, as soon as he comes in the squad, to keep that going. Yeah. Um, personally, I think having th- these three strikers um, and in the places that they are in their career, it is the best fit. Three players fighting over one role. Theo Bear will not get too disappointed if he gets a few minutes off the bench. Our days will have to is is you know, he wants to get his career up and running. And Montero won't mind if his role reduces throughout the season. Yeah. So you have that kind of dynamic that's kind of, it's healthy, right? Because Montero won't mind getting a rest. Our days will try and take his chances and work on his career. Well that's the thing. You both of them need to score yeah. to claim that spot. Yeah, and whoever scores, like if I was MDS, there's lots of other factors too, but whoever scores plays, right? Um, or whoever's, yeah. whoever's hot plays and the other person has to prove that's, himself That's off definitely going to be the thing. It's like when you've got so much competition, you want the hot guy mm-hmm. playing. That's why we got you in the studio tonight. <laughs> Montero is going to arrive in LA later this week. So you're probably talking just over a week before the season begins. Yeah. He's needing to find chemistry with this group fast. I mean, right now it's less than two weeks this season. He's probably going to be there maybe eight to ten days before the season kicks off. His last match with the Whitecaps, I, I had a look to see who he played with. And it was the playoff loss in Seattle. From that whole game day squad of 18, the only two players that were in that 18 that are still with the Whitecaps, Jake Norwinski, Jordi Reyna. That, I mean, we know it's a massive turnaround, but for Montero coming in, that is a massive turnaround. Montero will be more comfortable than most of the new signings, right? He'll, it'll be like putting on an old 
what is it, what is it slipper or something putting on like he'll he'll be comfortable coming into an MLS setup with all the travel with the way that the preseason works I I think we have other players to worry about in terms of settling in but he will probably play a big role in um, getting the team chemistry up and running and everyone figuring out where they stand in the squad and the dynamics and all that kind of stuff already like, speaks English and speaks Spanish yeah. to the players and probably right. Portuguese as well now, yeah I get yeah. hopefully Chinese, if he was in... Uh... Oh, him and MDS, languages galore. <laughs> now, Montero's last match for Sporting, this is according to Transfer Market, was on January 7th. He got an assist in the 2-1 loss to Tondela, who had never even heard of. He was listed as missing for the last three matches with an unknown injury and had just come back into the team for that Tondela match after missing three matches from what Transfer Market said was a ligament crack in the ankle, which seems a very fast recovery <laughs> from a ligament crack in the ankle. So, I mean, hopefully he's fully fit and ready to go. Do you have concerns about that? Especially, we're bringing guys in like Huang as well that's had an MCL, and you've got these guys coming in that are maybe coming off injuries. Well, I don't think you can crack a ligament. Either you tear it or you yeah. stretch it or something like that. So there could be something like that. Theory, they push uh, medical phrases into a bag and picked three out. Yes, we <laughs> like it. Very, very possible. Hey, there's somebody at the door. Oh, there's somebody at the door. Come on, there's somebody at the door. Oh, there's somebody at the door. It's only Zachary Adam Meisenheimer. How's it going? I'm going to keep this going until anyone actually understands what's going on here. <laughs> so then the, someone's at the door? But yeah. Yeah, okay. We'll just do it for everyone. Should. People that's out there doing there the are dying, a lot of people out there. What, there. Are they are doing stretches out there? What's it's our entourage. On? We've, we brought our posse with us. So I didn't miss anything, right? No, nothing at all. We are talking about someone that you're very fond of, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> are uh, you going to call him Freddie Montero now? Uh, we, we, well, I want to sit down and have a chat. And with me or with him? No, not with you. We talk all the time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were hopefully going to sit down and have a chat, and so hopefully that can happen now. Cool. Well... Scoring is definitely a, a concern so far. I know it's early days, it's only pre-season. We, we talked about it right off the, the start of the show. There's been three pre-season matches and the only goal was a late header from David Norman. Jordi Reyna got one in a scrimmage, but that was against Whitecaps defenders. I don't know if that counts. Um, our days, Montero, neither of them's arrived yet. Does that mean we're looking at Jordi Reyna starting up front? Or is Theo Bear going to get a dream MLS debut in his first potential match in MLS? No, he's not. I think it's going to be either Ardez or Montero, whoever's fitter at the time. They're not going to start with uh, Reyna at the middle at all. Yeah, if I had to guess, Montero starts. And um, yeah, maybe Bear comes on for you know 20 minutes at the end if it's looking okay. But I, I, I could see Reyna starting up front with Montero and or Ardez maybe coming off for a mm -hmm. little cameo role, depending on, on what's needed from the game and how fit they are deemed to be. But more importantly, how quickly they're understanding the system. Yeah. And you have to fancy it's going to be Montero that's probably going to click more than Ardez, mm -hmm. but, I mean, who knows? Yeah, I, I think Minnesota will be strong this year. That's the opening game, right? Yeah, yeah we'll, so we'll come to them in yeah. a later part. So it they're could be a tricky match. Unbeaten in pre-season. Mm. Better than Whitecaps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're winless in pre-season. One white cap striker though who is scoring, he's not here, but he's scoring. He's is, still a white cap. Yeah. He's on loan. Yep, Anthony Blondell scored the winner for Huchipato. 
over O'Higgins today, Octavio Rivera's old side. Oh, I thought it was an Irish side they played. Yeah, that's uh, one for Joe there, O'Higgins. I'm pleased for him. Uh, it's, He's kind it, of it's good. free as a bird now. No, it, it's it, it's good for him to score. It, he needs to do that in order for the Whitecaps to... Um, you to know, get, if, get the actual sale. Yeah, the sale. <laughs> if, if if they like him enough, if they whatever the fee was, they'll get it yeah. right away. Or else, if they don't want to pay it, somebody else will pay it. And if he keeps scoring, so it's a good thing. It's a nice goal. The defender. I, was I thought he. T- I read someone saying, "Oh, it was an easy goal. It wasn't the best." The defender did superb. The defender got his footwork all wrong, but Blendell did really well to finish the yeah. near post. It was he a really escaped good from finish. the defender very easily. Yeah, it's nice to see him scoring more than just a one incher as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he was really set up to succeed here under Robin. We won't go into that again. We've talked about it on the show. I just hope he goes and does does well for himself. But a lot of questions still as we head into this season, some of which we're going to talk about in the next part. But for me, I think the biggest one has to be, does Andy Rose fancy a chocolate digestive? This is something we do with every player, so you're not officially a white cap until you've done this on a show. (laughs) So you're sitting at home at night, Mm-hmm. You decide to have a hot beverage of choice. Do you have a tea, a coffee, <laughs> hot chocolate, or something else? You know, in recent years, I've become a big coffee guy. But if we're talking about nighttime, um, it would have to be a nice, nice cup of tea. Maybe a nice cup of Yorkshire tea. And are you a biscuit fan? Uh, I try not to, but yeah, I mean, if if, if it's there, I, you know. It, if I can find a digestive a couple once or twice a week, I'm more than happy. <laughs> and do you dunk? Of course. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Thank you so much Thanks and good so luck much. this season. Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Andy Rose confirming he would pick a digestive. For me, that makes him a starter. <laughs> that, that was obvious. He's English. He's going to be yeah. picking a... He didn't specify chocolate, but obviously you offer him a chocolate, he'd go for it. Are you are you going to be calling him England Andy's Rose? Or England's Rose, <laughs> as you suggested? Is that going to be your... I don't know where I heard that from, but it stuck in my head like for years. I, does that sound familiar to anybody? Well, the, the Rose is more the rugby yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But I've, I heard that phrase before. I think I'll call him England's Rose. It seems kind yeah. of poetic. It was good for Valentine's Day. Yes, yes. I hope you all got your roses out there, lovely people. Does he buy roses for his wife, whose last name is presumably also Rose? Or did she keep the famous Bradley name? Oh, yes. Mm. We need to find out. And we'll be back with those searching questions in part two. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Applies to me. Popular culture no longer applies to me.
popular culture no longer applies to me. Hence the Rod Hull stuff from earlier. It's not really popular culture here. I, I want to say this is one of the more appropriate band shirts you, you've worn to the yes. show. But hang on, I haven't seen the back. Is There's, there anything? No. Okay, nothing. <laughs> I am wearing my Art Brute popular culture no longer applies to me shirt. Now, that's not the name of the song. I think we might be called this episode of the podcast this, but this is a song called Bad Weekend by Art Brute. Because, frankly, it was a bad weekend for me. VMSL games cancelled, couldn't get to any Imperial Cup games. East Fife lost their Iron Brew Cup semi-final 2-1 to Ross County, who are top of the higher division and pushing for the Premier. We should have gone to extra time, absolutely gutted. I was planning to go home for the final. Now I have to go and watch Canada Guinea. Or French Giddy. Guinea, or whoever the hell Giddy. we're playing. And then uh, a game I watched, surprisingly, I wasn't expecting it to be on TV, uh, Wimbledon and Millwall. Oh, Millwall. Oh. I did not expect it. I turned, it, I yes. turned the TV on, all of a sudden I see Wimbledon and Millwall. Where's that coming from? Wimbledon hit the post in the opening minute and a bit, and then lost an early goal from terrible defending, and then just out the cup as well. And then Newport got beat by Man City. Not a good weekend. Yeah. Even Fonzie didn't even make it into the Bayern squad. <laughs> He's I was just Steve, looking at you there. Steve, he said it first. Yeah, I know, I know. Now you opened it up. Let's see. But Kingsley Coman did get uh, did get injured, so he might feature against Liverpool. <laughs> oh. Oh, Joe's always looking for the positive. Yeah. Did, did, did anyone see the, the Arian Robin uh, interview? No. <laughs> I don't like when you see so. Arian and you're talking about <laughs> German teams. It, it just he's it gets he's me Dutch. all on edge. He's dead. Did you see where he said... Liverpool's like the worst stadium he's played at or whatever basically I, really? I wasn't sure if to interpret that as I play the worst there or it is the worst stadium because it's a nice stadium yeah, it's United certainly player. not the worst stadium yeah he's played in well he played for Chelsea so <laughs> 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 but yeah it was a bad weekend for me but you know what makes a bad weekend better the AFTN soccer show on CITR radio 101.9 FM and we're back in this part with more Whitecaps chat. I have a question for you, Michael. Okay. If two teams uh, play a match of football in the woods and no one's there to see it, did they really play a match? If you got highlights, mm, yes. Yes. Did anyone periscope it? Who was playing in the woods? Is this the Whitecaps by any chance? I thought they were playing in a floodplain or something. <laughs> Just in Delta, if they wanted to do yeah, that. It's a water polo. Yeah. I, I I'm feeling very Canadian tonight. I might not look it, but I'm feeling very Canadian tonight. I brought a butter tart with me to eat. Isn't that can a Canadian thing? I have no idea. Oh, my wife told me they were Canadian. Oh, well, that's fine. <laughs> oh. I, I've never had a butter tart, so I don't know. She might have told you that just to make you use it. Oh. Yeah. I can't have any more butter tarts. <laughs> Combines two of my favourite thing: butter and tarts. I can't, can't go wrong with that. Anyway, Whitecaps chat now. The Whitecaps were back in action in the woods, or Carson, or wherever it ended up being played in the end. Saturday afternoon, the original game in some county park, as you do, called off Warthogs on the pitch, I believe. <laughs> ended up, they said, look, we have to get this showpiece game on somewhere, but... We don't want to film it because we don't want people to, to know exactly what we're doing for the season to come and blow everyone away. No, no draw. 
I think there was. <laughs> well, what, what, what did you think of the highlights? Well, I only saw one highlight. It, yeah, same. Yes. The bear. It, it, remi- it reminds me of oh, er- early George. early days MLS. Like, I went to Philly for the first Whitecaps away game, and like, but what the, did you see? No, the, absolutely no. Uh, there, there was uh, the training. The training was literally in parks. Like we rolled up to Philly training. It's like Dazzo talked about old misses. Yeah, whatever. We no, but you, we rolled up to, we rolled up to Philly training, and the PR person from Philly came over to us and said, "I'm sorry, this is a closed session. You're gonna have to leave." And we looked around. We're like, "Okay, yeah, sure, yeah." Whatever, whatever <laughs> you know, you you're in a park. I, I like the White Cats once trained down at Stanley Park. That was a fantastic on the rugby field there. Or no, I was right down by the water. I've got photos of it. They were all like playing beach volleyball style kippy uppies. I think things. it was first the training was on Brockanova, wasn't it? And then they moved over. I don't no? know. They were p- playing some tennis game. I don't know what that is. I'm was that, demonstrating. Was that with Steve Nash? Uh, yeah. Anyway, let's get back to this LA game. Journalist John Rojas, he was there. I don't know who he is. I just saw his tweet. He said the standouts for the Whitecaps were Reina, Felipe, and Bangura. Promising to hear about Felipe since he was pretty quiet for me in, in those first two games. He was not feeling the weight of the armband as I believe England's rose was was bearing that burden. Oh, so was he, he was more free to ah. express himself, maybe. Interesting. That armband is going to be a hot potato this year. Yeah, there really is no favourite. No, there isn't yet. actually. Like some people have said, Felipe, I can. See I could that. see Henry getting it. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> he said he would want it. Yeah, he yeah, said he's not going to push for it. Mm-hmm. Which to me rules him out right away. Montero should be banging the. D- yeah, he's a leader. Like he's an older, like senior member of the squad. Um, I always, I, I don't know why people are ruling out Tiber so quickly. He might not fit the system very well, but his only, role in the team. He's probably not going to play. Only, that's yeah, why. the problem is, is they brought a lot of players in that midfield. He might not get a spot yeah. anymore. Yeah. What one of the guys that apparently impressed was Las Bangura, or at least they impressed while he was on the pitch, because. That's a tweet you never want to see when you're not watching the game. Bangura off. Injury. It's like, oh, crap. He apparently took an elbow to the face. Which is no big deal. I'll be there. My wife gets quite restless. (laughs) The the way that the Twitter account was um, giving out the information was big caps and then the information afterwards. So anything sounded way more dramatic. Substitution. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah. Was it Georges that came on? George McClumba come on for 65th him. minute or something. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You're right, yeah. And he was the guy that whacked one off the, the crossbar. And Martin Santos spoke very highly of George this week at training, saying he's a guy that they, they've really kind of got high hopes for. We talked a little bit last week on the show about uh, him. He was a winger, and then what's he doing at right back? And yeah. we found out that maybe he, he is going to be the right back. Yes, because I did a little bit of checking out in that. For the last six months, they've tried to be transitioning him to a right back. And they really like what he can bring to that right back role. Same with Gabriel Escobar. He has been playing as a left back the last couple of months as well. So they're trying to, to see if these players will... Transition. Well, yeah, transition to that and, and fit the roles better. So hopefully the the time in the games in Hawaii didn't ruin his confidence. Yeah, definitely not George, but no. yeah, Gabriel, Gabriel yeah. potentially, especially the reaction he got. Lucas Venuto saw his, his first brief action on the pitch as a white cap, so at least he's on the pitch. So that that's one person that maybe is going to be in the mix for the the opening thing. 
He hasn't played a competitive game, again according to transfer market, since November 11th in the Austrian Bundesliga. You have to then wonder how much fit he is going to be. And if Bangura has been learning the system and played all these preseason games and looking impressive at times. Yeah, Venuto, based on his Instagram, is pretty fit. He likes to take his shirt off. Oh, another one of those. Yes. Ah. Not during the game. I do as well, but yeah. oh, we're all taking our shirts off. <laughs> I can't look away. It's just—it's so it's like, white, isn't it's it? Like, it's like the white light that's like you're drawing I, you in. I just noticed that we're all kind of dressed up, and you have your band t-shirt on. Yeah, I thought we were being art brute tonight. Right. Uh, obviously not. Steve, Steve, you look great. Thank you. I love that shirt and that tie. Yeah, Steve is dressed to the nines. Yeah, I came back from a wedding reception. Oh. Yeah, congratulations to the wedding couple. I'm not sure what their names are, though. <laughs> <laughs> We're just wandering by. Oh, no, we, know them. we know the family. But That's I what I do. We've got a temple down the road from us. It's like, yeah. oh, there must be something on tonight. Let's just you, wander in there. Are you reliving the plot of the wedding crashers? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was invited. I was definitely invited. <laughs> I remember seeing the invitation, and my <laughs> wife said we were invited. Did you, did you sure it was the right wedding you were well, at? But as soon as you said, you want to move the show up to 10, I was like, sure, within <laughs> seconds. Can you do it earlier? <laughs> uh, did you and Sam Deep dance? Uh, no, they haven't even started the dancing. They were oh. still doing speeches. So you're going back for the dance Have you left her at the wedding? Yeah, she's there. Oh. My family, whole family's there. Does she oh, know okay. you're gone? Yeah. Is, are they listening to the show? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> there, there's another joke. Yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> they do. <laughs> I was going to go they, there, but... They stopped the music right I now. I cut that out the podcast. So. They, they stopped the music and they're playing the podcast. They're playing the show right now. I, that's what I would do at my wedding. <laughs> I did explain I played Slugger's Bonnie Lassie yeah. at our wedding. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Back to Whitecaps chat. That's sure. what everyone's listening for. Not wedding chat, I'm exactly. sure. In Bum Huang, as we're now told we have to call him. No hyphen. And he wants his Huang at the end. But, that's what Farhan tweeted out or yeah. something. Um, Not in those words, though. No, that's roughly what he's meaning, though. Yeah. And remember, it's Huang. Huang. Yeah. Huang. Huang. Uh, Jasser Kamiri, both of them have now arrived. MDS said at training this week that as the Caps move towards Minnesota, he's wanting to go with the players that have played together and are comfortable with the system and the process and have a little bit of chemistry, which does make sense. That might, though, mean we're not going to see the strongest possible guys in that starting lineup against Minnesota. And these are guys, the two guys you just mentioned, are guys that have never left their country before. Mm-hmm. First time playing outside their country. Well, oh, they might so, have gone for holidays. Oh, I'm sure. But, uh, but not played. back from the UAE. Not, 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 not played in a different country, in yeah. a different league, yeah. and away from his family. So I'm assuming that they will be eased into the lineup, especially Kareem, because Kareem, there's enough players ahead of him. Uh, I, I know you just talked about this, but the, what does that mean for who plays uh, as a center forward or the, stri- the main striker? Because mm. if that's true, does it count that someone's coming from playing in an active role in a team in a different league? And but that would be wor- that would be that's a little bit worrisome in one yeah. sense. It's going to be a tasty subs bench because it's going to be all is. these players that we want to see really badly, and you know inevitably we're going to have to wait another week to see. Like I, I can't wait to see. Huang play like he's going to be yeah. amazing. I, he like, he looks happy to to be yes, here. And yes, that video they put out was very nice where yeah. he was greeting everybody and he sat down with Mark Santos. Yeah, it looked really good. Um, like, it seems like a professional guy based on those quotes that you guys mentioned last week about his former team and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see him because the product on the field is 
you know, is looked fantastic based on the highlight videos as well. An interesting thing from the LA game, and also from the last game in Hawaii, Max Cripot started both those games in goal. Yeah. Should we read much into that? Not or? until we see the fourth game and see who starts that. Because if McMath starts that, then you have well, nothing to Tijuana read We've got Tijuana on Wednesday, and then LAFC, I think, next Saturday? Yeah, something like that. But, so we'll see who starts mm. next game. Yeah, because we talked about it at the time, but uh, McMath did not look great in that second uh <clears throat> the second game in yeah. Hawaii. He also did not look very happy in that Valentine's video they put out. No one else saw uh, that? I, I never know. saw that. <laughs> I didn't watch it. We talked last week about not seeing much of the high press, um, which Caleb Wilkins has said there was some of it. Well, I didn't see any of it yesterday either. No, I didn't see any either. I was <laughs> completely missing. DeSantis and McMath this week, though, at training, they both talked about how in Hawaii... The initial focus was on getting the defensive things right. That's why you saw a lot of passing out the back and just getting that chemistry going. And I, I asked Zach McMath, having that pretty much set back four, it, it kind of looks off Nerwinski, Henry, Cornelius, and it looks like Gyro with Levi's a little bit further up the pitch. They've played a couple of games now, so at least they've got a little bit of chemistry going. And whether it is Cripo or McMath behind them, that should be positive. And we're not giving loads of goals up when we have our proper guys out there. Ignore the second half so of that first Nagasaki game. So you're saying California is about working on the attack? That was what the plan was meant to be, yes. So um, we'll see how that goes. So, yeah, they've, like, you are correct there that they've only allowed one goal of, of the first team, the, like the first halves. And obviously, the Galaxy was an ultra clean sheet, so uh, <laughs> kudos to that too. So, I, I, I think I think defensively they're right now on on track. But the problem is with all teams, it seems like the attack is the thing that that takes the longest to get going because it's more creativity and we're getting to know players around you. The defensive side usually kind of, if you have a good system, it'll work work pretty quick. The high press is, it, I just making a quick like list in my head it's probably the second most comprehensive system that you could play like behind tiki taka probably like you know there's so much that goes into it like what we see on tv are the three players or the four players that close the ball down right mm. but everything that happens behind that is yeah. crucial as yeah. well so maybe they were working on that before they actually got that final piece going because yeah. there's, there's even different ways to play the high press tiki taka yeah. you have to be born into that yeah or at a much. young age but in like, order to like figure that but out like that there's there's a lot of different kinds of high press. You could high press where you want them to pass the ball a certain way, like so that they make a mistake in that area of the field. There's the high press where you just want to win possession, right? We don't even know what kind of flavor of high press we're getting into yet. You could yeah. perma press, steam. What? <laughs> so yeah, tell us what was said on Wednesday. About well, that. we're or limited, we're given limited in what we can see. Oh, it's one of those. Yeah, but yeah. you weren't allowed to, to film it or tweet out specifics, but, but we can talk a little bit oh, about no, it. No, let's just go to break and then you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, Marty Santos gave a, a chalk talk to some media. Steve and myself went along to that. It was fascinating. And someone made a joke when I was raving about it afterwards, about, oh, you've really bought into his Kool-Aid. I defy anyone to have sat through that and not come out really impressed. I, I, I kind of disagree with that. I was going to tweet back, uh, but, you know, I didn't feel like you it. You weren't impressed? Time. No, no, I was going to uh, talk about, like, the initial tweet about oh. how we drink the cola. 
Rennie, I never drank the Kool Aid with him. It was just another coach coming he in. He was a he was like a snake salesman. Yeah, a snake oil salesman. Yeah. That's the term. Um, the uh, Robble was more I never trust Scott. Robble was it was more like a conversation. We he was always talking and yeah. stuff like this. Was good to talk. This one was the first time where we actually saw what they were trying to do. Yeah. And it he, was he brought impressive. Out specifics from Hawaii. He showed some examples from what Chelsea playing stuff that he wants to see, not just. It, like, he showed stuff that went wrong. Yeah, exactly. And we won't like speak about players or specifics, but he was like, this particular thing, and he showed this, he's like, this player, he did not do what I wanted him to do. That was incorrect, what he did. And then they showed another thing saying, but then he learned in the second game, and he did it correctly. Look where he is positioned here. And a lot of it is you're looking at three players behind the ball. Like, when it's an attack, and, and you're defending, three players in the box, behind the ball, and one on the edge of the box... So that if they win the ball, the guy in the box can quickly get it, turn and start the attack. So he kept showing as the ball was moving forward all this kind of it's not even not even a square or a rectangle, but it's like a, a group of four players. It's a rhombus. Yeah, and in this system, whoever's playing the number six role is crucial and key. So and Erice looks like that guy. It just then it's just like Chelsea then. Yeah, and but Basically, but yeah. Chelsea are now. Chelsea are having a terrible run of form yeah. because they shut down the number six. <laughs> yeah. so, no, also, the, the, they don't have the right personnel. I, 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 I even I, I, I mentioned the Chelsea game against Man City to um, uh, to MDS during the thing because I asked him mm. about that. Uh, is there certain teams you don't want to play the high press against? He goes, there is strategy to go with that where you might not want to uh, enforce it totally against certain teams. Mm. My, my hope is, and I, I like everything I've seen from MDS so far, and the fact that he's... You know, likes this kind of modern tactics is great because then he's staying on top of things. But I, I hope he's flexible. I really do because Mauricio Sarri at Chelsea is not flexible. Yeah, yeah. I, that was a big I have that w- worry as, as well. Like, w- if we're losing, will he switch it to like throw a couple of strikers up? Like, you know, that that kind of thing. And I'm not saying that's the right thing to do, but like, um, you know, if he if he's if he believes in the system way more than he believes in anything else, yeah. there's a danger in that. But he did in that show where. In the same kind of setup, he showed that there was two strikers up top and only one striker up top. So he showed that in the way it was like basically the the same lineup or the same part of the field. So Arise is supposed to be Jorginho, right? Yeah, yeah. Arise is going to be one of their their key key guys. And I, like another thing, like when Steve asked the question about would you, depending on who you're playing or stuff, I followed that up with. If you think about some players in MLS, they play right on the shoulder. DeVaio from Montreal was a great example of that. He was offside so much, but he got so many goals because he just played right on the edge. And without me saying, I'm concerned about Daniel Henry, I said, you've got maybe your centre-backs right at the halfway line. Some of them might struggle defending against a player like that. And he said, yeah, but you have to believe in the process. So that then worries no, me but in that he, regard but a little bit. He did say he would adjust depending on the strikers that yeah. he would be playing against. But he, he still said, you believe in the process. And he said, at home, attacking football is the only thing. He said, that, that is non, non-negotiable. You I, attack when I you agree. play at home. I agree with that. But, at the, but MLS is such a tactically unevolved league like how many systems are there in like how many teams are famous for systems like RSL had a system for a few years um Atlanta have a system but they're two years old right like you, you kind of know what you're going to get with New York Red Bulls because of Bradley Wright Phillips and 
you know, like managers come and go and they're fluid. They play a four four two if they can't think of anything else. Like this isn't. Um, I I don't know. Like sometimes the system isn't the most important thing, especially. Um, you know, in a league like like ours, if we're yeah. if we're, if it was a cutting edge league where you know you have the greatest minds of the world coming together, and, um, it's kind of a different story. But we're kind well, of we have that here tonight, so it, we're, we're yeah. okay. Yeah, I think MLS is a personnel limited league. You know, you you want to play these good systems, but I don't know if the talent matches up with the ideas. But, um, in some sense, but that has to be. <laughs> And I'm not saying it's this is the time to do this, but ultimately that then you're judging MDS on who he's brought in because mm. he's been given literally a clean slate. Oh yes, right. Yeah, the, the and more he's blowing I, the team up, the more I hear people using the the expansion word. We're an expansion team again. It's embar- it's embarrassing that that because it's coming from them. Like they're putting this out there. They want to lower the expectations when it's what nine, ten years in or whatever. Yeah. Should, this should never be the case. But 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 he is building a team. So yeah. if he is going to be, if he's going to hold to the system, he's the one bringing in the players. Aside from maybe some designated player control, but he's the ones bringing in the players. So if they don't, they don't actually fit that system, then then he needs to be, you know, answerable. Yeah, I, I think know, I think he will. Exactly. The thing is, again, uh, I'll say this again because you mentioned it last week. They say they're an expansion team, but they say there's no reason why they can't succeed being expansion team, considering there's other expansion teams that have succeeded. I agree with Zach. Like, if MDS's system works out and he comes here and changes the team, which is what we all want, I think we all want the team that can play a system like properly, and you know we know what we're going to get game to game, and not be surprised every time the starting lineup comes out and trying to wonder <laughs> what formation is being played. Like, I I want I want that to happen. Don't get me wrong; I'm not being a cynic just for being a cynic's sake. But um, I part of me is worried because maybe of what we've experienced in the past with these weird systems yeah. that we've tried. We'll have a little bit more Whitecaps chat and MLS chat in general in part three, and we'll ask how you guys are all feeling heading into the season, but. Gonna kick things off now with the first of two wavelengths that we have tonight. Both of them about English goalkeeper Gordon Banks. Banks passed away this week, aged eighty-one. But yeah, he passed away, and even though he was English, I have to tip my hat. He was one of the best goalkeepers of that era. Fantastic goalkeeper. Everyone remembers that save he had. Well, not remember. You might you might have seen the save he had in the nineteen seventy World Cup against Pele. Fantastic guy. So this is the first of two wavelength songs, and this one is in French. It's from a group called La Ruda Salska, and this is La Parade de Gordon Banks. Soul, tourbillon et valse violence, elle tu t'envoies par le fond. Arrangement des tapis dans, c'est lentement tu coules. 
à parler à ton ombre, juré par le ciel que la vie est la plus belle de toutes les putains pour un peu qu'on allonge. Combien de temps cela fait polo que je ne t'ai revu, merde, je n'en sais rien. Combien de temps que sous le manteau tu as vendu tes rêves avec un peu des miens. Non, je n'ai pas les mots. Tout ce qui me revient, c'est le cri des préaux. On les voyait en nous, en guerre brésilien, Mexico, cher signor, une foule et les reporters en France, cher signor, cher signor, qui sont trop pompelés, tout à coup les morts. La parade dans la Ruda Salska with their tribute, well it wasn't a tribute at the time, but their song about Gordon Banks and the, the game in Brazil, against Brazil in 1970. I don't speak any French, so I have no idea what was said there. Was Read the lyrics, and it was about well, football. We played the content warning at the beginning of the show, so yeah. we're fine. It was good, uh, good dancing. Yeah. Good skanking there. French ska. Anyway, we'll be back with some more Rod Hull chat after this. Hi, I'm Daniel Henry, and you are listening to AFTN. Halfway up the reeking with an empty flask of tea A book descends and takes away my visibility Yet in this hell and keller state I'd still quite like to know why is Rod Hull alive And getting paid as well And I wonder if they'll bring back National service and the bench And I wonder, but I doubt If they will ever bring back the Watney Cup Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. That was our Artists of the Month, Half Man, Half Biscuit there, with Rod Hull is Alive. Why? Song about Rod Hull? 
We mentioned him in part one. The somebody at the door thing. Rod Hill was a children's entertainer that had a, a puppet emu on his arm that he used to use to attack people with. Died in tragic circumstances. He fell off his roof fixing his television aerial in a storm. Rest in peace, Rod. Mentioned the Watney Cup there in that song because obviously Half Man, Half Biscuit have all their football songs. We've played them in wavelength. They have a lot of other football references in their songs. Now, the Watney Cup, folk here won't really know what that was. It was played between 1970 and 73. Interesting competition. All four English divisions... They had the two high-scoring teams in each division that had not been promoted or qualified for Europe playing this pre-season tournament. I'd like to see that here with maybe the teams from the USL, playing a couple of teams from MLS, maybe throwing MPSL, PDL as well. That'd be a fascinating little mix. Yeah. Hmm. What would you call the cup? Parallel 49 Cup, obviously. Because Watney was a beer. Oh, I was thinking Patient Zero Cup. Oh, oh, yes. I have to go with Patient Zero. I was going to play Problem (laughs) Chimp in this show, but we'll keep that for next next week. Patient Zero. Anyway, since we're all here tonight, hey, hey, the gang's all here, I thought we'd discuss a kind of preview of sorts for the MLS season. We're two weeks out, so what the hell, let's start. And I want to start... Give me a one-word answer for this. Let's do one of Joe's kind of preview things here. In one word, how are you feeling about the Whitecaps heading into the season opener? Timid. Uh, excited at the end of the day. Apprehensive, I'm going to go for. So similar to timid Steve. Uncertain. Oh. So one bit of positivity, three... He's younger than all of us. I, that's true. It's also a preview show policy to be uh, positive. He is my son. (laughs) He's been through less than us. Yes, because I've not been here to bring him up. What parenting uh, perspectives or methods uh, has Michael passed on to you in your new role as a parent? Um, Stay away from people flinging food. Uh, (laughs) It's a good one. And also let the kid watch anything they want. It's totally fine. Mm. It's an education. Especially 70s sitcoms, different times. (laughs) So back to talking about MLS. There's been some action from the clubs, as you'd expect, around the league. In the West, though, there's not been a massive amount of big names really brought in. It's a lot of the the, uh, clubs that missed the playoffs. They are the ones that are They've been very active, active. as you'd expect. Yeah. The ones up top are kind of staying neutral. They're actually losing a little bit because Sporting lost Opara. And then you got uh, other teams. uh, The Galaxy really haven't done much. LAFC haven't done much. Dallas have been pretty quiet as well. uh, Well, they they did trade Rudy. hmm. Did Lag? Yeah, that's key for Montreal. Did Lag uh, solve? I mean, I know they're on the clock and they have till March 1st. But have they solved their deep four DPs? Not no. yet. The league hasn't changed rules or No, anything? but no there, there's going to be a meeting of the MLS officials, I think, this week to discuss restructuring Giovanni Dos Santos's contract, which would basically mean they've still got four DPs. What a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely ri- ridiculous. If you look at the, the six teams that made the playoffs last season, KC won the West, and it was Seattle, LAFC, Dallas, Portland, RSL. Seven teams make it to the big show this season. Of those six, 
Which of those do you feel, and there could be more than one, which of those do you feel are not going to be in the postseason this year? I got two. Uh, I got RSL and Dallas. I think the other four teams are, I don't know, f- sure bets, but they're pretty good bets to make it. Maybe not in that order, but they're definitely good bets mm. to make it. I RSL, I agree with. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of in terms of which teams will get overtaken by like, but as you as we've said, there's not a lot of transfer activity. Yeah. I think LAFC could have a second season slump. That's um, true. Of sorts that happens. Um, but that's the only two I can think of. They're very strong there, like Kansas and Seattle, and like uh, like I think Portland just had a bad start last year. Otherwise, they would have been up and, there too. And Vela will yeah. be disappointed with his uh, lack of move to Barcelona. Mm. So that could have effect. I could potentially see the goats in LA having a slow start to the season, but there's no way with how they've set themselves up and who they have there running the show, both in the managerial role and the owners, that they would let that go a whole season. So I think I could see them potentially starting slow. I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying they will, but I could see them going starting the first half not being what they'd like. But they would do all they could to sort it out they, they, in the midway point. They could struggle because of the MDS effect. They lost them. But there's also an extra spot now. Yeah. So it that, really opens that, the game. That does help. Yeah. The, the RSL one. Uh, I, the yeah, RSL is like definitely one that you feel but, but is likely to drop. Something's got to have, have to happen. Like Petke's got – something's going to have to happen to Petke but, in order for him to have a like a meltdown and then that'll well, get the team spur them. Yeah. Last year, Trey, the handout, the – and these out that guy Trey, you know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he left the club. <gasps> so you know, I don't think they'll have the same mojo around that team. No, the thing with RSL, they got in. And this is my hmm. r- way of looking at it, but they got in because the teams below them c- couldn't get, get the their done, couldn't yeah. get their stuff together yeah. to actually get get in there. Like you think about Vancouver was it two points or th- three points we with were a guaranteed. Two points off. LA Galaxy were one point. Back. Three p- points with a guaranteed, right? And LA Galaxy yeah. had it in their hands. Yeah. I think going into that last and game, they and fumbled they, it. Yeah, they blew it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, our, our I don't know that that'll happen again. Where RSL can take advantage of that, and I don't know if they're going to have it have what it takes to uh, to to just own a spot themselves. We're the conference of incompetence, like people stumbling yeah. over each other to it miss was, the playoffs. It's so weird. Dallas, like Steve said, Dallas. I could see them struggling. I, I don't think we mentioned the, f- the show, but Fernando Cavill passed away. Yes, I know. We never mentioned that last week. That that could have lots of implications mm. in Dallas. That I, I I did the the latest extra podcast this week, which was a a look at what additions other teams have made. We always talk about the Whitecaps rebuilding, so we, I looked at what other pieces other teams have added, or that first part of two parts Dallas have only added four players okay so and one of them is a homegrown another homegrown like a 24th homegrown or something I can't remember if we've talked about this much in the past and maybe I shouldn't be saying this but I'll say it anyways Um, because I think I've heard multiple people talk about this now not not just one but one of the things about how Dallas has run and some of the a benefit for them but a problem for them has been that uh, Cavillo's son their son's agency has been their primary agent, right? Oh, yes. And so, I remember so, reading about so that. So this caused a lot of problems mm. when, uh, what's his name, Castillo. When Castillo yeah. wanted to leave. There was about four wanted to leave that Yeah, somewhere. so Castillo wanted to leave, and then it didn't work out. And then it was that year or the next year when they were making the run at, at the, they 
they'd won the Support Shield and they were making the run to they'd won like two of the cups, the Support Shield and the Cup, and they were making the run in the playoffs and the team just imploded. It was because I think players are like, We're trapped here. We're not being able our buddies have not been able to move for what what and where they thought was reasonable and I don't want to be here kind of thing. Uh, maybe not in that strong <laughs> like yeah. language, Steve. But and so they kind of like st- kind of stopped playing. Kind of is what what happened there. So it, it'll be interesting to see. Does that agency now still have kind of control over what's going on there, or will it, will things change that, or or what what happens? Because that that's a a significant off field thing. I, and I know people in Vancouver like to talk about about, about you know their perspectives on the Carl Robinson era. Th- yeah. This was similar it, 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 to people's perceptions of the Carl Robinson era, but I think to a different level. Yeah, and even when it's a family relation as well, exactly, it makes it yeah. even a little bit more complicated. But there's still obviously time for a lot of these teams to, to make some big additions because the transfer window is open until May. It's just roster compliance is March 1st. Yeah. As long as they're compliant, they can then do what they want after that. To an extent. Mix and match, yeah. yeah. Caps were 8th last year. LA were 7th the Galaxy. Then you had Houston, Minnesota, Colorado, San Jose. Last year, I said, no way the Galaxy's going to miss out two years running. They did. They're not going to miss out again, surely. They've got his Latin signed up now, so you'd know that he's there for the season, unless somebody comes in with some wild offer for him in the summer. You never know. They're trying to renegotiate Giovanni DeSantis. There's always scope, and they're always an attractive city for adding a big name, which never seems to get paid more than a couple of hundred thousand, which is always miraculous. They've added Shiloto as head coach. Great experience. They're linked just now with a, a number of South American players. Surely they'll be in the top seven. Surely they'll be in one of these teams that's in the playoffs. Yeah, Shalato is the key because because of his connections. I think because of how, what everyone knows of him as a player, the way he played, and the and also what he's done as a coach as well. But uh, I I wonder how much because we talked about last year how much Ziggy when he came in again another MLS guy who passed who passed away. Mm. Um, but when Ziggy came in, he couldn't do anything. His hands were tied by how Bruce Arena had spent all their money and all their gam and all their uh, tam and whatever else. Like he'd spent everything to to always try and win, and then it was like the league would always kind of accommodate them by giving them more. And I think Ziggy didn't have the room, so it'll be interesting to see how many of these players he wants to bring in that he can bring in, because you you can't bring in a DP difference maker there because you have four. And you're trying to keep one, you know, one, just to I don't know why to sell shirts or I don't know what, but because they both, I mean, both the DeSantis brothers have not performed well and no. should and should be gone, right? Or should be it, should be moved on. But it's MLS, so I it's feel that harder. They have kept them, but obviously there is a big Mexican fan base. Yeah, but you don't even need both of them because they have the same last name, so remind, you can sell the same number. <laughs> of remind me, is Alessandrini still there? Remain. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. He's the fourth one. Yeah. So that, that's there was that's, there was no Lexit. <laughs> um, of those four, uh, of those teams that missed the playoffs, the, it's funny thing though. The three that I, I saw the most improvement is Minnesota, Colorado, and San Jose. Yeah, because Houston's they, not done much. No, Houston's done nothing. I they based, they, they spent all their time trying to keep uh, Elise in the lineup. <laughs> yeah, Minnesota are 
looking very solid. Yeah. They've signed very well. M- Minnesota Defensively, just, they yeah. look a whole different animal well, this year. That's all, that was their biggest problem, defensive well, side. Yeah. Bringing Alonso, Alonso to be yeah. like Marshall. That, if he can that stay line. healthy, though, yes. that's yes. the key thing with yes. Alonso. Apara as well, like, one guy's not suddenly going to turn a defence around when you've also got like Michael Boxall there. No, but I think but, he can because you're you're you. you, you but you, he can help. Certainly. Yes, you, you the the responsibility is on. Yeah, like, but he, he can't can take do it all himself. Is no, I know, I mean. but he gives confidence to everybody else because they they know they have a defensive player of the year in the lineup. I, I said in the extra podcast, I think Colorado could be a dark horse to make the playoffs. I just like some of the additions. Kamara, gonna get goals. Phil Harbour. Benny Fowlhaber, Keegan ne- Rosenberry, Nico Mosquita. Mm. Kellen Acosta uh, uh, starts brand, like the whole season mm-hmm. with him. Although, although does he really want to be there? If, if they can keep hold of him. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Colorado, yeah, there's people there now who uh, would, would be happy for them to do well. I still see them it's hard for them to do well, partly because of Tim Howard. I think it's not just his age and his ability. I think there's an intangible there when you know you have a, a person that, you know, is in a role that he maybe shouldn't have been. Is it? And, well, they brought an Irwin to be his backup, so they're still going to yeah. have a good backup. I mean, Irwin could take, take over the that. role. But it, the, but you know that won't happen. No, this barring is injury. his retirement. Yeah, this is his, like, he's doing his oh, Landon yeah. Donovan yeah. lap of honor of MLS. Yeah. Um, expect gifts. Um, uh, you know, prepare your gifts. Uh, so I, I don't think Colorado is going to leap out, uh, uh, out of there, uh, out of the bottom. Though – the uh, a couple, I mean, Houston is always interesting to me because I know they're not. I can't remember if they're designated players or not, but that dynamic three attacking players, I think yeah. that that, that they're they're always interesting. Yeah. They can be awful, they can be great, yeah. but but they're but always they interesting. They can always score. It's yeah. whether they can keep the ball out in it. Yeah. Um, the one I'm interested to see is how Matias Almeida uh, does in in San Jose. Uh, you know, here's a coach that won the CONCACAF Champions League with the goats, the mother goat, and um, or the mother goats. It's plural, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see, I think, what he can do because San Jose, uh, I think San Jose owners- ownership has a similar approach to the Whitecaps ownership. And uh, so I, it'll be interesting to see if he, what he can do, if he can get more, if the, the, sum, the sum of the whole is, you know, better than the sum of the individual parts there. San Jose will definitely be interesting to watch because that's one of the most exciting coaching additions in terms of a big name. The only yeah. o- the only other insight I can offer is: Have you seen how close San Jose's airport is to the? Yeah. Yes. Scene? I landed in San Jose on, in December, and I turned, I opened my window, and the stadium was right there. I was so shocked. Yeah, I've been to the stadium, and that was one of the first things. I was just like, "This is across from the airport. This is not. This is not great for wind. This is not yeah. great for <laughs> noise." But it's run. It's runway fence. Stands like it's yeah. exactly like that. Well, can you, there's can a st- there's a street in between. Can, can you hear the airplanes as the game goes on? You uh, yeah, a little. The ultras aren't that loud. <laughs> no, I, well, because the way end is towards the airport there, so it was it was crazy windy the day I was there, and it was cold, and it was oh, it was April, I think, so it wasn't. I've not been to the new stadium. I've been the Buckshaw, been to Buckshaw, I've been to Forty Nine or Levi Stadium, which I would have liked to have been a lot closer to the airport, <laughs> but it sadly wasn't. It's a bugger to get to. And if you go from San Francisco Levi? to there by bus, yeah. Oh. Getting out of that stadium after the game is two hours to get out of the car park. Well, the the day I went to San Jose, 
even uh, because San Jose won, I think, we all got free uh, Taco Bell or something. Oh. So we all went to the local Taco Bell, and the staff there was not happy to see all these people <laughs> coming to the game. The la- the, the la- one of the people, workers there, like, closed the store, shut off the lights, like, before closing time because they were so not not impressed. Wow. But anyways, San Jose. San Jose, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not excited for San Jose, but I'm interested to see what okay. uh, Matias does. So Whitecaps. A yay or a nay, do we make the playoffs? Or where do you see us finishing? Playoffs. I'll say playoffs. I'll say not playoffs. Partly to be different, but partly because I think it's going to be... I think I think it's going to be close or it's not going to be. I say playoffs, but sixth or seventh. It's going to be tight and it's going to keep us guessing right to okay. the end. So who are the, who are the teams that are finishing below them? RSL. Houston. I'm going to say Minnesota, but you never know. San Jose, I'm going to say as well. And Dallas. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you. Oh, yeah, the one more spot. They could get that. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be tight. Uh, I'm not not convinced that they'll make it yet, but it's early days, right? Yeah. This is not, you're going to hold me to this like the the Addy thing, right? No, no. But you, you, are, see, you are picking him again. Did you he's see, scored. of course. Did you see him in Mar- yeah. him in Maddox? Him in Maddox. Yeah. Dynamic duo. He's getting ready. Well, let's move briefly on to these. We won't go into that too much. Maybe go delve into that a little bit more next week. I might yeah, get Jonathan yeah. Tannenwald on yeah, the phone during the week and get him to preview the, the He could talk us. about it for 20 minutes. Hmm. FC Cincinnati. How do you see them faring as this expansion team? Top or of the table. Whitecaps light, do you want to call them? <laughs> no, or that's a terrible name. Cincinnati Whitecaps, go with that. No. No. Uh, yeah, obviously, th- there's so many ties there from on the field to off the field that you, I mean, I, I hope they do well uh, for those people. Uh, there's a lot of people ragging on them. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people being like, oh. They've made some weird it's, financial it's, moves. Uh, it's, yeah, it's but we don't know how much cam. Of, they've got a we, lot of money. Yeah, we they, don't know they, how much money. They had a lot of positivity until that Haglin trade, and then it all went downhill after that. People are still ha- ragging on them on the Haglin trade. Mm. But, ha- yeah, Haglin, it makes it makes some sense. I know it was no, too much money. No the money is too much, but bringing in Haglin himself makes sense to me for, for them. I, I hope that they overachieve because uh, I think a lot of people have extremely low expectations, and I, I hope they'll overachieve. I don't think it's going to end well for them. Um, the, the the two financial moves that really kind of, that I think you were alluding to, Michael, was the Hagland trade and the draft picks from Philadelphia. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and then they signed all their draft picks? Or yeah, and like they've that. started loaning them out to these, not even just the one USL team, they're going ac- around USL. Yeah, like I don't get that. Like there's two ways to go about it. There's the LAFC way, which is... You know, like Moneyball, and then there's these guys. Like I know, I know we have an affinity towards the coaching team yeah. because they were, you know, the well, that, that's management. my concern. Like if they flop this year, I, I don't see Allen surviving that. Yeah, but their they their fan base is very supportive, and I think yeah. there's, there'll be an air of positivity there that probably you know the team can ride. And home games in the home games in MLS are are. You know, yeah, and that stadium, not, Nippert Stadium, the atmosphere they've generated during yeah. USL was amazing. But that's one of the problems. Their MLS stadium is smaller, is it not? Yes. And they can't fit in as many people. Yes. In. But So it's it's, it's a, one problem because you're losing money, you're losing income, revenue. But on the other side, it hopefully should keep the stadium full and, and exciting. But then again, Orlando had that as well. Um, True. And like they that, haven't succeeded. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. That is disappointing what's happened to, to them. 
Do you see anyone stopping Atlanta in the East this year? Oh, for sure. They're not. Oh, they're, for sure. <laughs> yeah, Almiron's gone, man. I don't know how long. Pity. Martinez is their key. Uh, yeah, but banging the goals. Somebody's got to get the ball. Okay, to Martinez. To it was Almiron that was doing it before. De Boer's last team, I think, if it, like, his last team was Kuzipas, didn't score a goal before he was fired. Yeah, he could oh, mess yeah. them a whole up, man. He was terrible at Rangers. He, uh, was he at Rangers? Or was that his brother? <laughs> One of the De Beers was at Rangers. He was, he was, was great at Ajax, and that's <laughs> that's all the Atlanta fans want to talk about. Ajax, Ajax, Ajax. And then like his managerial, managerial record since then has been quite poor, especially Crystal Palace. Like I know Atlanta's built on their attack, but like... Like Crystal Palace couldn't score with you know Loftus Cheek and Zaha and back in back in those days. And there's always a regression to the median. Like they were so high last year that they could easily like uh, like Martinez. Is he going to be able to score that many goals again? Can they figure him out? Can did, somebody figure him out? Did you say back in those days? Was it not like last year he was there? Beginning of last season? I think it was 2017. He was there. Right? No. Oh okay. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Uh, I think it was being like the September or whatever, the mm-hmm. August September. Uh, I, I, he played at Rangers. Yeah, he played at Rangers. That, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And you didn't like him then? That was the end he of his career. Like Rangers. That was the end of his career. Yeah, 15 games. He doesn't, he doesn't like Rangers anyway. So the Martinez perfect. thing it comes down to whether or not they can make VAR work properly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're going to get as many favorable VAR decisions this year. That will be a key but thing. The, oh, the key will be how Pity and Barco do in replacing yeah. Almiron, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's the biggest thing. And he, they, they find, Actually, find it. Uh, and they do have some guys to replace. Like, Did they re- really replace Garza? No. They have a young guy, don't no. they? Oh, Breck Shea. Oh, oh, yeah, Breck. Who gave an interesting interview with The Athletic this week, I believe, I haven't read it because I can't get access to it, but from the quotes that were put out, criticised Robbo for not really wanting to play football. That's Lines up, pod really. calling the kettle back. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not my fault that we didn't want to play football, otherwise I would have scored those open goals. But he, <laughs> he played at Stoke for years, he, exactly. he, hasn't, he hasn't been playing football for ages. He, he no. wasn't able to do it on a Tuesday night. In wet Stoke, uh, yeah, he wasn't able to do it any day in Stoke. No. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, he could have been. His form could have been so much better last year in Vancouver if he not missed so many sitters. Well, he was also missing his little pet armadillo Dalton. So there, there you go. go. So any any dark horses you see in the East? Black Beauty. I don't think he was in the East. He, he was on the Western Front, oh, okay. actually. No. How about Philly? Oh, actually, yeah, they have made a couple of interesting additions. Yeah. I kind of like Philly. Uh, not just because we're going to talk to... Uh, we could ask him next week. If yeah, we'll thing. get Jonathan's run down. Yeah, I, but I see Philly... Uh, Montreal could surprise too because uh, they, they got some additions What about well. this really crappy team from last year in the uh, Toronto FC? I don't think so. Uh, I think they're actually Champions worse. Champions League will kill them. You think they can be worse? Actually, yeah. I guess. They're going to be worse. They lost Vasquez and Juvinko. Maybe the Revolution. I don't know. That's the only team that I can really think of. Like Brad Friedel, Brad Friedel, he's still in yeah, charge, right? I don't mind Friedel. He's a nice guy, yeah. it seems. Yeah. But yeah. didn't they, didn't they sell somebody for good? For good? Did they sell for good? No. Or somebody else, Calendro. They tried to sell for Gundes. They got rid of Calendro, though. Rather, for Gundes wanted to go. Yeah. Brad Friedel played at that uh, ground that Arian Robin didn't like Anfield. Oh. Wrapping this section up, get some bold predictions very quickly. Who's going to win the West? I will go with Portland. Kansas. Do we have to say different? <laughs> uh, I would have. I probably would have said Kansas City. I'm going to go the Portland Port- as well. Okay. Well, let's, well, 
Who wins? Kansas to Portland. Who wins the East? Atlanta. Red Bulls. NYFCCFC. <laughs> I'll go with Atlanta as well. Was that Cincinnati? Is that what you said? No, no, New York <laughs> City FC. MLS Cup finalists and your MLS winner. I will say. Oh no! Who was I going to say? Oh, you guys go first. I Actually, go you know first. who's you know who we, we didn't talk about because we shouldn't because we hate them. But Seattle, uh, Jordan Morris is back, mm-hmm. uh, like fully fit, I think, and rare. Like For you're saying, he's fully fit, but. We've seen injuries like that where it takes almost like another True. half year. Before the My understanding is he's fit for the season. I could One be David Norman tackle on him, that's him. <laughs> that's, that's true. Um, they, they could they – know, they know how to yeah. get things done, unfortunately. I, I, I can see them. Schmetzer seems to get them going just when he needs to. They got a full season of Rui Diaz. Uh, I think I think was – I heard talk that they were trying to bring someone else in too. Um, but I, I think a full season of Diaz, you got Jordan Morris back. I, uh, I could see them. I could see them making another run. I don't want that, obviously. I but see. I uh, see in the MLS Cup. I'll, I'll start off again. Uh, LAFC and Red Bulls, and I'll say the MLS Cup gets wings. Oh, I'm going a, a repeat: Portland, Atlanta, but with Portland winning at home. Yeah, that'd oh, be fun. That would be. Can you just because you want to go, that's you're, you're masticating into the mic. Sorry, just, you know, you you should uh, make sure we you get a press pass. He's else. trying oh, to say yeah. get a press yes. pass. Yeah, be. We'll get you taking pictures on the pitch again. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I got my long lens ready. I I am down between. I'm not sure about the West. Maybe Kansas or Seattle. I think, um, and I think the Red Bulls will win. Will win the MLS Cup this year. I almost said I agree with you, Joe, and then you mentioned Dead Bull. Uh, I, I think he, Kansas City or Seattle as well. I think one of those two. Uh, well, Kansas City, the big question mark is how is they gonna, how are they going to replace Eichel Parra? Um, but uh, and then from the East, I think, have I think Atlanta is going back, and I think I think Atlanta is going to win again. The reason I thought Portland, we're going to come to the next part when we look at some of the MLS news of the week. And we're also going to take a look at some CPL news and Canadian Championship. Hello, I'm Nick Datsovich. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Yeah. Ah, yeah. It's the return of the wild style fashion. It's smashing hits. Make it hard to adapt to this. Put pizzazz and jazz in this. The cash in this. Master this. Blast this and make a clap to this. DJs doing cuts and obey the crowd. Just pump the volume up. And play it loud, hip-hop's embedded Before I said I wouldn't let it But me and the microphone is still magnetic Straight off the top, I knew I'd be forced to rock Dead floors of stock, spot scorching hot Hoping I open, rocking my law seminars Massage at the bar, smoking 10-hour cigars While I mind meaties With more vision than TVs I find it easy catching diabetes from fly sweeties Sit back and wait to hear slam and track Rock a jam by popular demand I'm back, I control the crowd Guess who's back? It's the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. Uh, that was Rakim. One of the better rappers out there. He's no Mad Hat McGore, but... No. I was listening to some Mad Hat this afternoon. He'll be featured soon again, don't worry. 
Any reason you picked that song? Well, Montero. Just, just for Freddie. Montero's going to be back. And yes. there's a certain somebody that's also coming back for another few years. Yes, and I'm sure we're all pleased to see Uncle Don Garber sticking around as commissioner of MLS until 2023, at the very least. I think he'll be here until he's in his 90s. Yeah, there's something about commissioners of leagues that they, they seem don't want to leave. Forever. Yeah, mm. they don't leave. Well, you guys were at that. The money. You guys were at that Q and A thing he did a few years ago, right? No, yes. I wasn't there. That we, yeah. Michael was there. I, I was. I walked out of there liking him, and I that on the on the Skytrain home, I ended up hating him. Like I ended up wondering why that happened. He answered his questions very eloquently, I thought. Yeah. But I guess he's like one of those, you know, he's very talkers. politician with his answers. You used a term with Martin Reddy. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. Yeah. No. Not a not a fan. Hmm. I mean, I don't hate everything he's done, but. Yeah, n- not a fan. Oh, I was going to ask like, about that. He's been with the league since 99. There's no doubt that he's seen it grow in that time, year upon year. And I first saw my my first ever MLS game, I think it was 97. And looking at what it was like then, I went to a game at LA Galaxy against Dallas Burn, Western Conference Final, Pasadena Rose Bowl, and then you look at what the league's like now compared to fans, product, just everything. It's just so different. And he's overseen that. He's seen finances grow, although they're always kind of pleading poverty and they can't afford to pay the players that much. He's 61 now. He's going to be 65 or 66 when the contract is up. Has he been good for the league as a whole or has he just been good for the owner's pockets? Well, this is a bit of, you know, like MLS itself, a shell game. You, you you can't fully know what he's done because we don't know about how much money some makes and how much it gives to the, its partners, which are the owner, owners of the MLS mm. clubs. So I would say for the owners, he's done great because, yeah, like you said, he's kept costs down on the player side and he, he must have increased revenue. We talked about it last week with Joey Saputo's comments, you know. Yeah. Th- th- this is a... This is a very a very cynical way when you see these when you see these sides coming out publicly and saying, "Oh, we we can't afford. We need public money for this. We can't afford that." Blah blah blah. Uh, this is this is the picture, and they're only painting you what half of the picture, half you know, only the football ops of of what they're really making as of being a part of the overall MLS scheme of things. So I think he's been. I think you have to say he's been great for the owners. Otherwise, he wouldn't be back. Well, that's that's who's. Who's basically renewed totally. too, right? So and, that's and the other thing that's awkward is though he's kept on saying, "Oh, I won't be around at twenty four teams. I won't be around at twenty eight teams." Well, obviously we know now he's going to be around twenty eight teams. He'll probably be around till thirty two teams, and you you hope if they don't actually do a proper structure by then that he's, you know that. that I imagine he's going to get cryogenically frozen, <laughs> like Walt Disney. Me, yeah, kind of strikes me as someone that will do that. Thaw him out in a hundred years. He'll be overseeing the thousand team MLS. Having said that, I agree with you. That, that when he came along, the league was not in a good place, right? They contracted and all that kind of stuff, right? So he has brought some health and stability. And you, I, I, so I don't mean to take away from that from my comments, which will sound negative. But when you look at going forward and you look at what's best for everything overall, is he the best? I don't think so. Is he the best for the owners? I think so. Um, because you're right. There, there's, there is a strike coming in MLS next. Uh, I, know the, I know the referees got out of it yeah. or whatever. Pro referees, quotation marks. Um, but the, uh, the players, next bargaining thing. I hope, I hope they do. They, they or ha- they get they, the deal that they They deserve. have to take a stand. Yeah. They have to take a stand. 
because they they got the short end of the stick the last time. And I think that's maybe why they're bringing Garber back because of that fact that there you know there is going to be some labor turmoil. Um, and he's got experience with that. He can deal with it, and he can also deal with the public as well. Because he can sell whatever he wants to the public. As long as he's making the owners happy and making the owners money, he's going to stay at that position. That's the only thing. He did. Um, people complaining about him, people doing this. And remember, he's he's almost like the punching bag for everybody because he's keeping the owners clean. He's the one that's taking all the hits, and that's what the owners want as well. For me, I think this was the ideal chance to bring in a new face with fresh ideas, just a whole new direction. And it's kind of disappointing for me that, that they've missed this opportunity for at least another four years. I knew you'd want a new direction. Yeah. Moving on to some player news. Kakuta Mani sliding back into our MLS DMs. Scootering on in. Shuffling. Yeah. Wait, that's, that's the other Cincy player I was thinking of. Yeah. Good, yeah. He didn't stay away for long. No. Went to Swiss side. Saint, Saint Holland. Yeah. Oh, is that how you pronounce it? Okay. I think so. And he played in Liga uh, MX. I could be wrong. Too, yeah. yeah, well, well he well, was in Liga MX. Don't know about he was on a roster. Yeah. <laughs> now, we talked about Cincinnati and their funny deals that they're doing. They gave Columbus 250000 in TAM, 50000 in GAM, with another 50000 of each if incentives are, are met, just to get his MLS rights. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. well... That's like you said before. If they spent that much on Hagelin, I think they spent more on Hagelin, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if they spent that much on Hagelin, that's actually pretty, pretty much a steal and at this point. Like, there's no way Columbus wanted him back either. No. Like, I know Columbus will be like, oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Did Columbus sell a, like international spot for 175 or something? Yeah, to Montreal. To Montreal, yeah. I so think that, the, I think that was. The team. Yeah, they're getting they're, 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 yeah. But that's Bezbachenko. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's going on there. Uh, Kakuta again. You, you have someone in Allen who knows Kakuta personally. Yeah. So again, will feel he can get the best. Feel, out exactly. So and Kakuta will feel like, yeah, I know this guy. He, whatever. But Kakuta has some significant challenges to overcome. Some that were masked, uh, left out of the public di- discussion here. That you know, ho- ho- hopefully, aren't issues for him anymore. But they could be. Well, but Allen, a new alarm clock. <laughs> that would be helpful. That would be one thing that would yeah. be helpful. Um, and he's a great, I, he's a great guy. Like I love Kakuta, whatever. But I'm just talking about as a as a footballer. Well, no, yeah. I mean, he, he was. I still think he was too much of a one trick pony. I can't see him suddenly changing. But look how far that trick got got him at right? times. But I mean, he never really lived up to what what his potential or we what we felt his potential. Was. Didn't he get him like into a national team camp? Yeah, it could be a good fit for. Like a counter-attacking team, yeah, because like, they have Matix as well. Yeah, so you've got yeah. pace to burn again. It depends. Like we don't know anything about what Cincinnati are going to look like mm. on the field, but um, you know he does have MLS experience. He uh, probably more than some of the players. Like you know some of the new guys that they bring in, he can show the ropes to. He might be a placeholder too. You know we never know. Um, but it's a lot to pay for a placeholder, I guess. Yeah. But. And he, he doesn't take up an international spot, that kind no. of thing. It's all taken into consideration. So I'm sure Alan knows what he's getting and thinks he can get the best out of him. We've got Fred Montero that we feel that about, but it seems that Sporting are just giving their players to MLS just now. Orlando, if the reports are to believe, look like they're about to land Nanny, who I can't stand him. 
For years, I've not been able to stand him. Now, surrounded by Man United fans here. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're not one of the surrounders. Okay. I know you're big, but you're not surrounding us. <laughs> but Sorry. Did you, have a, did you have issues with your nanny growing up? I'm Scottish. We can't afford nannies. <laughs> we were just okay. out in the streets. It's not that they couldn't afford. They refused to pay. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, we paid uh, in other ways. Honestly, I am one of those people that were in the same category as you. I wanted to punch him in the face most yeah. of the time, too. So, he's a like, diving bastard. He, he, uh, he's the kind of player, in my opinion. I know he's older. He's 31 or whatever, 32. 32. But he, if he wanted to, if he was motivated, he could light MLS on fire. Yeah. And so he, aside he, from all that shenanigans yeah, you're talking about. As much as I hate him, yeah. I have to admit he has he, skill. He could. Yeah. Will he is obviously the question we're all looking to answer. I think he, if he joins, he will be the top. Like in the league, he'll have the best technique. He'll be in the top five oh, yeah. of players' technique. And he's experienced, plays in Champions Leagues, won a Champions League, won, I don't know, four or five Premier Leagues. Like, he knows how to win, but he's going into an organization train wreck. So, who knows? Well, yeah, that's the thing. And last year, Orlando traded away all their allocation money, put all their eggs in the basket of signing veterans, MLS spending veterans. money, yeah. MLS veterans, backfired majorly for them. They don't really seem to have learned much now. They're going for more big names. But, yeah, he's been proven elsewhere. What did MDS say about him again? Oh, he said that uh, some, uh, he was on a, MDS was on a radio show. So we're just going to bring this up. Oh, yeah, he was. Somebody wrote in and asked about signing Nanny to a DP contract. MDS basically said he he doesn't really fit with what they're doing, and he thinks I think I think he said he's too old to fit in their system. But I, I can't remember the old part. I'll, maybe I was thinking it at the time. He's too old, but he definitely said he didn't fit in the system because, as much as I would not want him at my football club. Uh, he would. He is the. T- um, would you, or I'm asking. Want to ask you? What would you guys think? Is he the? Is he a name enough to satiate the the people who long for a name in in Vancouver? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. He's like one thing's international because he's he's played yeah. in the English Premiership. But Folk have seen him on TV. Yeah, but he he was good, like I'm now I'm being the Man United fan. He was a good player for for United too. I, a diving bastard, but yeah, <laughs> yes, but. Uh, like he played for Sporting after United, and then I'm Which not sure so where he rich was. for a diving bastard to play yes, for a club called yes. Sporting. Yeah, yeah, true. I'll ask him that when I get to interview. Did you find it ironic, Nanny, that <laughs> <laughs> you play for a club called Sporting? You should just say that because he won't know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> ironic. I don't understand that. How many um, thunder thunder bastards from outside the box will he get this season? If he does play for Orlando, that he, they'll never get in the box, so he'll have to shoot from somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> possibly. Now, talking about big names, another one that's linked with a move to MLS, and this is why I've tipped Portland to win the whole shebang. Chilean forward Eduardo Vargas. Oh, yeah. Only 29. That would be a fantastic addition. I would prefer him to Freddy Montero. Right. But there we go. This is uh, the f- gentleman who played for Tigres, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's he's good. <laughs> yeah, that would be yeah. that Ten, would be cool. Ten million transfer fees. One of the things I've seen bandied. Ten million about. US, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah Mer- Merritt has the money. Is it? Is he a striker or is he? A, he's a winger in my head. Well, he's listed as a forward, so yeah. I don't know. I well, mean, Portland's he, never worried about the you know they, they'll stick a winger into yeah, the middle. Yeah, more fluid. Like yeah. I think he was part of that Chilean team that just played like a hundred miles an hour of football, like and would do the, do a high press. Actually, yeah. it would fit. He, um, he would be a great addition to any team. 
And worryingly for us, if Portland get him, a lot of goals there. But one injury away for being out this season. Look on the plus side. You know, every Turf. player is one injury away from being out for the yeah, season. Yeah, I know. That's why we no one should spend massive amounts of right. money. So every player should be on the same salary. Yeah. Keep, yeah. Just buy them all from his five. No, actually, don't, because then we'll be crap. Champions League gets underway this week. Hopefully Toronto get knocked out. Come on, whoever it is they're playing, I can't remember. Uh, is, oh, is it a Panama? I, I, I think it's a Panama. Some small team anyway. But the Whitecaps' only hope of getting into the Champions League is through the Canadian Championship. And we now know our path to getting there. We enter the quarterfinal stage. Round one. Cavalry will play Pacific with a winner of that playing Forge and the winner of that playing the Whitecaps. Setting up what would be a magical Pacific FC Whitecaps BC derby. Lot to happen for that to take place. I see the winner gets the Paci- uh, one if you could play two, maybe. Oh, no, no. That's <laughs> TSS Rovers. I know, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I think the... I think they would prefer to. I don't think they want to play Forge because that's a trip for the Whitecaps. Yeah. Uh, so I think they would prefer to play Cavalry or Pacific in that case. And I, I, I agree with you. I'd love to see Pacific in there. Is it two legs all the way up? Yeah. Two legs all the way. Oh, imagine if it was Pacific. Yeah, oh, I'd be, I would. I'd make that trip in, in July. Yeah. Oh, yeah. beautiful. Might spend the week over there. Just the we can hire a ferry. Yeah. AF, oh, oh, AFT and tugboats. Yes. You get Chris to pick us up. Yeah. Get some semen. Get us to the island. Be great fun. You, uh, yeah, I, I know we talked about it before, but this whole Voyager's Cup uh, debacle. Yeah, yeah. It's. Dis- I was going to ask if your thoughts have changed no, on it any now that dis- the draw's been done. Well, I mean, we'll talk about it later. I think in CPL chat, but like we are in CPL. They, they've doubled. They've doubled down on their idiocy. Yeah. at the CSA. Well, let, let's talk about that now. Okay. So. Had a tweet in from Greg Petrie at Our Dumb World who says, I'm sure you'll discuss Pacific FC tonight, but remember that per CPL regulations, you must discuss Forge, Valor and Edmonton first as they are founding members. The seven teams from the CPL, four of them play in the first round. Three teams got a bye. Edmonton, Forge and Valor. Because they were the first three teams to put Registered. pen to paper and register with the CSA. Now those three teams are battling it out for the new Canadian spot in the CONCACAF League because they signed first. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. It is uh, more than a farce. Like, it, it, is, it is enraging. Like, it is... How Apparently, you, though, it's not coming from the CPL. It's coming from No, it's the CSA. Them, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the CSA. But, <laughs> yeah... But how was that? How was it agreed upon? So it might not be the CPL as a group, but you got to figure there's some individuals within the CPL that are happy about this. Yeah, you also have to figure someone like Tommy Wilden at Cavalry is, is going to be pissed off beyond belief. Well, because he's built up a, a team that, to me, they're the favourites for this first year. Except for except for the fact that I've heard that some I don't know if this is true or not because I haven't verified it. But some the, the word is some CPL teams. Didn't want to be in this year's Champions League, and Concacaf was kind of forcing it. Oh, which, okay. Which even if it's even if that's the case, even Concacaf is going to say, if you want in, this is the year you're in this year. Uh, even if some people didn't want that or whatever, uh, they uh, they they still should they still should want to. 
<laughs> Sorry, they should still. Yeah, so we've got a little hum. I've just realised it's Steve's mic that's humming. I don't know why it's humming. Um, but yeah, no, this is a disgrace. Uh, this is a, a, an absolute disgrace in Canadian football. This is not how this should be done. The, uh, I, I mean, I tweeted about it, saying you know the C, the CSA has been involved in so many things going well. Uh, so many things going well, like uh, getting a league or starting helping start yeah. a league. Uh, uh, win, a winning bid for a World Cup. Those are great things. But this reminds you how incompetent they are or slash can be. Well, where does the favoritism or where does this... Well, favoritism. Well, the, no the favor- where does it the, end for I, these three teams? I don't know anything. So this is not... I Like I heard from someone back east or a friend told me or whatever. I've, I'm not... But it's hard not to believe that... It's hard not to see Forge in, in, this, in this category and think, hey, the guy... Who owns Forge is the guy who's footing a lot of money for the league and has done a lot of the league working getting the league started. So it's tied to that. I'm not saying that's a fact. I'm just saying it's hard not to think that that could yeah. be the case. And then FC Edmonton is a team that they maybe they made this deal in order for, to get them in the league because yeah. they needed yeah. another team. And who's the third team? Valor. Valor. The Winnipeg team. I think Winnipeg, they, they've put a lot of the owners there because they're CFL owners as well. No, but they're, mm-hmm. no, no, they haven't put a lot of, they're. Uh, not, not a lot of money, but they're CFL owners. So they, maybe yeah, they, they, that was part You know of, how their CFL ownership works, right? I don't care. No, no they're CFL, no, there's, no, it's a community club. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. It? There's no, there's no big money there. Okay. There's no. I'll be honest, it makes me want to root against those three totally. teams for the whole season. Well, you should have been wanting to root against those three teams anyway. Oh, yeah. I'm, you hate those names. I'm, I'm Pacific, Halifax, and then Cavalry. I like Tommy. Yeah, no, that's And there's lots of ex-white caps there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Marco Carducci. I can't wait. To, he could be keeper of the year. Um, but, no, it, it, it is like it is so enraging that they've gotten something so simple, so wrong. Um, with the, the CONCACAF Champions League berth, and the format for the Voyagers yeah. Cup, Joe Deasy. What do you feel as a, an Irish Canadian fellow? What do you? How do you feel about this? I, I saw all the reaction as it came out, um, and like the first thing that I saw actually was the draw for the Canadian uh, Championship, and I said, "Oh, that looks weird." And then um, I saw everyone was mad about it. I could see why everyone was angry because, like, why do the CPL teams have to play a lot more rounds? Maybe they do have less games, though. Like, you know, I, I'm kind of coming at this from a different different angle as well like they, they have less they have less league matches than the MLS teams maybe not that that should be a factor but then I saw someone tweet and I'm very sorry but I forget who it, who it was but um, it this made a lot of sense to me and this is what got me on board with what everyone is saying now that um, by doing the, by tiering the championship like that you are saying that your league is the worst league out of all three yes and and then even even um, even Oshawa who are yeah. playing in Nazel they get a bye you don't get a bye because you play in the CPL uh, but yeah. uh, the NASL yep. team does and the MLS team USL, does. USL, well. yeah. There's no more NASL out there in USL. There yeah. <laughs> Same crap, different pile, I think. <laughs> no, but to- yeah, totally. But Mark DeSantos is a fan of the New Look competition. So I asked him what he, what he felt about it on Wednesday. So here's what he said You know your path in the Canadian Championship now. What do you think of that and what do you think of the revamped format? I think the revamp format is great because it gives a lot of opportunity to new teams. Uh, it allows players to dream and um, it allows players to, to, to try to excel as much as they can. Um, it looks like a Canadian championship, now a Canadian cup. Um, in the past, there was three teams that started, then four, and now you have a lot of teams that could dream about achieving something. Um, like I said before, our our objective in this competition is at least to reach the final. 
So Mark DeSantos' thoughts there. So I'm looking forward to it anyway as a competition. Hopefully, I mean, DeSantis is targeting it. He's got it as a priority for the Whitecaps to get at least to the final. So we'll see what happens. It's you, every CPL club is, is going to be so up for this. I'm, I'm just, yeah. ho- I just hope this is a one a year off thing, yes. and they don't have to do this. I think year. it will because it, it has should to maybe be. have more teams coming. It has up. to be. Oh, West Brom Charlie is in yeah. the house. Joe is stripping off here. Yeah. Um, he, oh, stripping on. The other thing is, whenever uh, I, I don't have it in front of me, so I can't remember. But the first game where Ottawa plays a CPL club, that's going to be ev- everyone's oh, yeah. going to be. Yeah. Whatever streaming service that's going to be on. Yes, but Everyone's sh- going to be watching. Everything should all be the, getting announced soon, apparently. All the CPL soon. teams. Soon. Should, We've been saying that for like three weeks. All the, all the CPL teams that limited should loan players to that team. <laughs> <laughs> it would be great if they made that. They expanded a lot more. I know um, the TSS Rovers account, they always go out and say, oh, let us into the party. But it would be great, wouldn't it, to get all these. Uh, oh, it would be. Like, even if you're a semi-professional. But they, I, they have those teams in Ontario. BC Provincial Cup yeah, winners and yeah. everything. It's, it, it also, they also, I know they don't want to do this for revenue, but it also should be, we talked about it, should be switched to single leg. Oh, yeah. And a, and a true open draw, a true draw where it doesn't matter what side you are, you could be the host. Yeah. Last thing we'll talk about CPL in this section. Pacific FC have invited all their members to a big announcement on Tuesday. Don't know what it could be? In completely unrelated news... Here's a chat I had with Marcel de Jong earlier this year, talking about his favourite television shows. TVOD, TVOD, TVOD. What TV shows are you watching just now, Marcel? I watch a lot of Netflix, of course, with a lot of travelling. Uh, right now I'm watching uh, Orange is the New Black, but, uh, yeah, I've watched a lot of shows. I've watched uh, uh, Spartacus. I've watched, uh, like, the Marvel shows. I've watched a lot of shows. But right now I'm uh, into uh, Orange is the New Black. So, and what, What's your favorite kind of TV shows of all time or show of all time? What one would you regularly go back and watch again and again? Um, I would say I really love enjoying watching The Walking Dead, which is good. And of course, Entourage. And uh, with the, the Heisenberg, uh, Breaking so Bad. Breaking Bad, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah. So yeah, those those three are my uh, my my all time favorites. And do you have any guilty pleasures? Any shows that you shouldn't watch but you do watch? Mm, no. Uh, sometimes I uh, watch like those Marvel shows. I find them like really like uh, cheesy and like. Uh, and then I, I like three shows in like why am I still watching but I still like keep on watching so I don't know yeah Jake can confess to watching The Bachelor so. The Bachelor no 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 I don't watch those uh, those shows no no no, no. <laughs> that's great TVOD I don't need a TV screen I just stick the aerial into my skin and let the signal run through my veins Marcel de Jong talking about his favourite television shows. We had that done last year, but never got a a chance to air it. So I thought this seems a good time. He's moving on to pastures new. Wish him well. Looks like he is going to be joining Pacific FC. Good luck to you, Marcel. And we'll be back with the final part of tonight's show after this. Hi, I'm Kakuda Mane. You're listening to AFTN Soccer Show. Thank you. 
Nothing says AFTN than a theme song about old things. <laughs> but Steve picked this one. Pastimes, Michael. Pastimes. Tell us what it was. It was the antique uh, roadshow theme song. Uh, debuted 40 years ago this weekend. Either the Sunday or the Monday. I can't remember. It was 17th or 18th. Nothing better on that show than someone taking their prize possession and finding out it's worth a pound or something. Uh, but some of them, they were worth yeah, like some, a lot. I, that's a disappointing yeah, one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, you're back listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. Broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of British Columbia. Anyway, now it's time for our second wavelength of the evening. And it's our second tribute song to the sadly departed English goalkeeper Gordon Banks, who died at 81. That's better. This is by a group called The Bantams. Not the nickname of the football team, but the actual group called the Bantams with a song called Gordon Banks, and it's about saving the world like Gordon Banks.
That was the Bantams there with their tribute to Gordon Banks that Zach finds hilarious. Sorry, just some good CPL yeah, laughter. There was some great stuff that we were talking about. CPL. Can, can we talk about that? I don't know where you got it all from. Oh, or. it's from some, some friends around the country. Uh, which way? Let's give a little taster because this is funny. So this is from a friend, a Forge, a Forge friend. Uh, he said... Uh, Talking about York Nine this year and some of the awkwardness. I think some of this has been on Twitter probably now, but uh, the York Nine starting eleven brought to you by Seven <laughs> Eleven. And then a friend from Saskatchewan said uh, the York Nine starting eleven brought to you by Bed Three Six Five. And then uh, another friend from the Halifax uh, area said the New York City, York City, and York Nine should have a friendly tournament sponsored by Yorkie. <laughs> that would be great. For truckers, that was their old advertising campaign. It was only for truck drivers. It wasn't for women. Past times. Past, that was a past <laughs> time. Different times, Zach, Different I, times. I, sorry, I, I didn't hear what you were saying. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. The silence just made that. Anyway, now it's time for Steve's part of the show. It's BC Soccer Web Headlines. I was part of the other parts of the show, too. But this is your part. You drive this. Uh, only because I'm the only one willing to do the research. <laughs> you drive this like a man Bill Curry's bus. Driving a white van with curtains over the back windows. Yeah, I've never done that. Anyway, this is BC Soccer Web Headlines, brought to you by White Vans and BCSoccerWeb.com. Your one stop site for national, international, and local. News and links. Any updates, Steve? Yeah. Uh, okay. So FIFA Gate. Uh, we thought it was all over. It's not over. <gasps> Mr. Webb. Howard. No. <laughs> oh. uh, the former Concacaf president uh, is his sentencing is moved for a ninth time. It's now going to be August twenty first. So why? I, I he just that, he comes up with reasons. It's not, I don't I, I didn't see any, any of the articles why it was. It's it was, as many so, nines as York. <laughs> um, uh, the World Cup 2030 uh, Ch- Chile has joined the South American bid so there's now four countries in there uh, mm. Argentina, Paraguay, and Uruguay are the other three other potential bidders uh, hasn't been, are, is the UK bid and Morocco will either uh, team up with Spain, Portugal or Algeria, Tunisia So, and there's also a rumored four country bid from Eastern Europe and the Balkans don't know which ones they would be but because usually the Balkans don't get, don't get there's probably only that four well. that get along. Mm. So. Yeah. Oh, is there only four that yeah, get along? Pick the four countries that aren't going to kick shit out of each other. Okay, so uh, international news. Uh, Scottish uh, Premiership players are, are unanimous in calling for artificial surface ban. Um, yeah, they're not fans. No, Hamilton, Kilmarnock, uh, Livingston are the three teams that play on artificial surfaces. The petition was circulated by the union amongst uh, players from the other nine clubs, so they didn't want the, those three uh, decide because yeah. it'll be because uh, they obviously vote. Yeah, hey, we want to keep our expensive pitch. Yeah, a, a majority feel the turf has affected the play, and more importantly, the recovery for the next game. That's what the one they're really against. Yeah. So I know what people's responses will be. They'll say the data doesn't back this up, and that's that's a fair perspective to have. You also have to one for me. The more important perspective in this is what do the players want to play on. Mm. Because again, that they want to play on grass. They want to yeah. play on grass. I've ex- I've told you before though that 
Right, he's five dug up their award-winning pitch to put down an artificial pitch because it makes money and they have no games called off. So for the lower league teams, it makes sense. But then if they get promoted, they've got a problem. That happened to Sutton United in the English non-league. They couldn't get promoted and they were in the promotion places for most of the last season because they had an artificial pitch. So... You, you can't have teams playing on it and then say but, not, but you can't be in the Premier or you can't do that. But that but that's the thing though. They knew that rule, right? When they Yeah. So they chose they chose the financial stability yeah. or the not having games called or whatever. So you I so I'm assuming things about that situation, but that that yeah. would be my understanding. No, that is that is So so if yeah. you want to be be more where you're more worried about the making sure that you don't have game calls off, called off and lose money and rescheduling or whatever then sure, you can go that road. But again, what do players want to play on? Yeah, they, want they want to grass. play on grass. I can say from personal experience, because uh, the one time we played a BC place for the media match, I was not walking very well for the next couple days. Me neither. And, and I was, was, I was the playing, elbow I took from Jason DeVos. Could be, but I was, and I was playing goal too, so I wasn't even running around that much. And it's still, you could feel the defect you had on you. Uh, going to Italy, uh, Palmero has been sold for the second time in three months. Uh, in December, mo- owner uh, Maurizio Zamparini uh, sold the club to a British-based group uh, because they said they would, you know, settle the debt of 22.8 million euros. Uh, but it, uh, something's happened. They've sold the back to associates of the former owner um, in order to sell to a new owner who has a is putting together a plan to buy the club. The old owner can't buy the club back because he's he said he's under uh, house arrest for money laundering. Uh, which explains the $22.8 million in debt, possibly. So, yeah, so that, we'll see what happens with Palmeira there. I saw something on Twitter today, not for this club, it was a Serie C club yeah. that were in financial bother, and they were going to forfeit a game which would have seen them wind up or... They would have got kicked out of the league. Kicked out of the league. Yeah. yeah. So they ha- they got together the minimum number of players that they could, seven, yeah. just so they could play the game, and they got beat 20-0. The, wow. The report I read was... Eight and one of them was their nineteen-year-old manager. <laughs> yeah, and the, wow. it, yeah, it's hope for you. It and to and remember, <laughs> yeah. remember Italy. They they had a thing where they're banning all uh, um, advertising from a lottery uh, oh, establishments, I, right? So that. No, no, we, like that was your, that was a couple of months ago. We talked oh. about it on the show, and so that's affecting everybody financially oh, as well, right? So. Mm. Because they want they want everything to be clean, but it's even an ongoing when you do discussion that, it, in many places. Yeah. I know in England they're trying to have a reflection on that. As yeah, well. in some of the cup competitions they can't play with They're like gambling sites. Yeah. Yeah. you know that oh that just cleared something up for me because I saw Sunderland playing with no low uh, yeah. no because they're I think it's Skybet or something that they have yeah. on the front end. That, like yeah, that I I personally it's kind of a moral kind of a. It is weird. Mark. You want to get rid of, of match fixing, but yeah, you can bet on these games. Yeah, these and bookmakers. also the gambling addiction side, right? Like, yes. Could you enjoy a game if you are constantly being barraged with like, like Sky Sports are terrible for that kind of thing because before, oh, yeah. before the like between the handshake and the kickoff, they have an ad for their their betting service, right? Um, like it, and all the billboards, every yeah, stadium, it's yeah. all betting sites and, and a lot of Far East ones as well. Uh, yeah, and in Chinese, it's all betting sites. Yeah, or like kind of <laughs> like t- weird services that you don't. You wonder how how did they ever get a spot on on the billboard? But like, it, it betting advertising has become a very big part of the modern game, and 
even the even the championship in League One are called Skybet Championship. Yeah. Skybet League One. We, I don't actually think I've told you guys this. We have had, and I'm being serious here. But we've had like betting companies get in touch with me, saying, "Oh, we'll sponsor your site. You just need to put all these ads on it and stuff." And I've always said no, because I just don't think it's a good thing to associate with. Yeah, that's that's why you never give Steve the raises. Yeah, that's before. that's why know. we're poor. So uh, in Italy, uh, we talked about earlier Portugal, you know, players getting attacked by supporters. Well, mm-hmm. in Italy, they're attacking the wives of players. Um, um, Mauro Icardi's wife, and she's also his agent, uh, Wanda Nara, was driving near San Siro when her, hit, her car was hit by a, a rock uh, with her kids in the car. Uh, they're currently involved in a dispute with the Inter Milan, uh, which has caused Icardi to be stripped of his captaincy, and he's not traveling with the club to European competition as well. Uh, Nara, the wife, has been criticizing the club and the players during this whole squabble, like, on social media. Um, she, uh, and if you recall earlier, she is the ex-wife of Maxi Lopez. Uh, I think he played for Inter, and that's, uh, it was kind of a, th- uh, uh, some cheating going on with, uh, Icardi and, uh. Apparently, Lopez showed up at home and yes. Icardi was there with his wife and kids having dinner or something. It was something like out of something out of a movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think it was out of a Talladega Nights. Because <laughs> when yeah, Ricky Bobby yeah, showed exactly, up, he was having yeah. dinner. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for the spoiler alert on Ricky Bobby. Um, <laughs> that movie's been uh, out for uh, ages, and that's only the middle of the movie. The, my only insight into this is recently Kirk and I were playing Champions League on FIFA 19, and uh, I had to play as Inter, which was not my preference, but uh, Icardi was so slow. No wonder he's spent all his energy. Yeah, he's getting hit by rocks. Um, so, uh, uh, little news, and I wasn't able to send this to you because I saw this really late tonight. Um, U.S. Soccer just had their annual general meeting. Now, normally we don't care about U.S. Soccer, but we're, we're going to talk about the, some things that happened there. So, uh, Claudio uh, Cordero came up with a couple of quotes. Uh, first of all, about the uh, Qatar moving to 48 teams. He says, forces, strong forces at FIFA uh, want uh, want the, to go up to 48 as quickly as 2022, including the FIFA president. So mm, anybody who does, sight. he does acknowledge that Qatar can't handle it on its own. And he knows that a lot of the clubs that would, uh, the countries that would help are not very big fans of Qatar as well. So there's obviously things there. Strong forces like money? Like strong forces, I was thinking. I'm thinking it's the Saudis that are, will really want this because I think he, they're the ones that are back again. Fifteen, you know, that's a conspiracy theory that I've seen. Do, and do they have any money? They have lots of money. Um, there's also a thing that's going to be starting soon, where a FIFA ID is required by every player in every association. Um, this is all because of the uh, uh, DeAndre Yedlin, uh, who uh, was went was with the Crossfire uh, for a time. And now ta- they want money from Tottenham because they, they based on the soccer education, they mm-hmm. called it. And there there hasn't been very good paperwork, apparently. So they, there's, there's going to be a FIFA ID for every player that's coming up through the system in every association. I don't know how that's going to work, but it seems like it will be. It's kind of hard to believe they don't have stuff like that in place already, though. I mean, well, they have the MSL have their they, IDs. They have the ITC or something. The yeah. Maybe they, that's what's going to replace that or something in the future. Um, National Independent Soccer Association uh, is looking close to getting a sanctioning at the D3 level. They're trying to start in August of 2019. I don't know how long of a season they're going to have. I guess pretty short one. But it, it looks like Confeder- Confederations Cup looks like it's going to be dead. It's no longer. It's going to be replaced oh. by intercontinental playoffs to get to the 48-team World Cup. So there'll be 
a certain number of teams from every confederation, then there'll be the whoever's in the next two or three spots will go to uh, play this confederations cup, and whoever wins those ones will move on or something like that. So it'll be something to do with that. So when is, is there still one coming up or no? I don't know. So Germany won the last Confederations well, all, Cup ever? No, no. It all de- I think it all depends on if they do Qatar S48. Because if ah. they do... Uh, so if they don't, then there might be one. Yeah, and that's yeah. another reason why this next story is interesting because there's no Confederations Cup. What's the point of having a Gold Cup? Gold Cup is only scheduled for 2019 and 2021 at this point. Because remember, the winner of that would go on to the Confederations Cup. It could be replaced. Uh, the the this is the journalist who wrote this. It said it could be replaced by a joint Concacaf and Conball uh, joint tournament, which is South America. So that's interesting to see if that actually happens or not. What do you guys think about that? If there, would you prefer that over gold? Cup? I actually would. It would be tougher for Canada, but to get better quality games and opposition and stuff. I think, well, the Gold Cup has provided Canada with its arguably its greatest footballing moment in its history. So it would be sad to to see it go. But, um, yeah, I would need to look at this more. Like, what, what would this mean in, in the long term to, to, to see if it's really good or bad for, for Canada? Yeah. yeah, like so many things, you need to see the first iteration to yeah. know if it's good or bad. Like, we thought VAR would be one way. It didn't turn out to be that way. Um, the Euros with more teams, people are kind of divided over that. So I think this is along the same lines. And that, my little possums, is it for tonight. So just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. <clears throat> for me, it's at Zachary A.M. and I'm part of the Movement Curve Collective. And something I've learned on tonight's show is that Joe Deasy likes the baggies. You can find me at, uh, what am I, Joe DC Van, not, <laughs> not, <laughs> not uh, Cheesy DZ anymore. And I'm not part of the Movement Curve Collective yet. <laughs> I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. You can find me on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. Read all our stuff, of course, on Away From The Numbers, AFTN.ca. And I'll probably be found on YouTube watching some old Rod Hull videos. But until next week, thank you for listening. Hopefully we can get some Whitecaps games streamed over the coming weeks for us to talk about next weekend. And until then, take care and mourn the Caps! Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.